This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Um, Psalm 110, verse 1. We're coming out of uh, the New International Reader's Version of the Bible. Amen. Let me set this up for you. This is a messianic uh, prophecy by David. He is describing Jesus, messianic being um, having to do with Christ. All right. Messianic is Messiah is a Hebrew way of saying Christ in English. All right. So this is a Christ um, centered prophecy by David. Very famous scripture. Amen. Matter of fact, it was quoted by Jesus himself in Matthew 22 verses 42, 42 through 45. All right. And let's begin reading God's word. It reads. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your control. Now, from the context of the scripture that we read here, the, the, or the contents of the scripture, only one person can meet the description of someone that's going to sit at uh, God's right hand. And that is Jesus Christ. All right. Next verse. The Lord will make your royal authority spread out from Zion to other lands. So this is speaking about when Jesus rules over the entire earth. He says, rule over your enemies who are all around you. Your troops will be willing to fight for you on the day of your on the day of battle. Your young men will be wrapped in holy majesty. They will come to you like the fresh dew that falls early in the morning. This is speaking about um the believers being willing to be alongside Jesus as he sets up his royal rule upon the earth. Amen and beyond. And our scripture focus, the Lord has made a promise. He will not change his mind. OK, he has said, you are a priest forever, just like Melchizedek. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, there's only one person that fits this description to be a priest forever and that is the lord jesus christ and we're going to look at it today in more detail amen but our message today is jesus i eternal high priest jesus i eternal high priest hallelujah glory to god we're going to look at how jesus being the high priest affects us affects us as uh, modern day believers. What is a high priest? We're going to look at all these type of details today. Amen. And see how it affects our lives. Amen. So join me as I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Over this service. So Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the opportunity to have church service, even during this pandemic, Lord God, virtually online. We pray that you draw everyone that you've ordained to be a part of this service today. Draw them to their tablets, their phones, their computers, their internet connected devices, Lord God, to their social media feeds, Lord God, where they can hear your word today about your son, Jesus Christ. Heal today, deliver today, set free today, make be a way for those that need a way today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, provide for those that are in need today. We ask in Jesus's name, have your way like never before. Hallelujah. 
We thank you. We praise you. Bless our viewers today, Lord God, wherever they're viewing from. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, our eternal high priest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's move on to our next slide. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's jump to Hebrews 3 and 1. We're reading the King James Version here. Um, Hebrews was a book written by an unknown author to Hebrews or Jewish people of the first century. And these were people, these were individuals who had an understanding that Jesus was the Messiah or the Christ. They had a mental assent or a, an understanding of it, but weren't yet saved. Now, there, there are arguments in scholarly circles, whether they were saved or unsaved. But based on the arguments that the writer is making, it gives you the indication that they were not saved. They, they had a mental understanding that Jesus was the Christ, but they were still struggling with whether they should keep the law of Moses, which is the Ten Commandments, and the 613 other laws that are rooted in the Ten Commandments. So they were struggling whether they should keep the law of Moses and believe in Jesus, and they were leaning towards keeping the law of Moses. They, 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 what they were basically saying is Christ's sacrifice was not enough to pay for our sins. They believed that it was good works of the law of Moses, keeping the law of Moses, and, and committing good works, acts of good deeds and things like that, and, uh, and Jesus, amen, which is saying that Jesus was not enough, all right, which gives the indication that they were not saved, amen. They were on an explo exploratory um, a journey to discover all the mysteries surrounding Christ, amen. So here in verse uh, one of chapter three of Hebrews, uh, the writer is explaining to them that Jesus is greater than Moses. Now, this was very dangerous for this writer because the Jews uh, viewed Moses very highly. He was the one that got the Ten Commandments from God at Mount Sinai and brought them down to the children of Israel. Amen. Um, he is the the, the the law, the Ten Commandments is often referred to colloquially as the law of Moses. All right. So for the writer here to say that Jesus is greater than Moses was like, what? But he is. He is Moses's creator. Jesus being God, Christ being God. Amen. Created Moses. Amen. Hallelujah. And the words that were on the Ten Commandments were uh, words. Hallelujah. That Jesus created and inspired amen to be written on the 10 commandments on those two tablets i should say amen so with all that being said amen i've given you some context amen let's read our scripture today amen hebrews 3 and 1 remember our our, our um our message today is jesus our eternal high priest okay okay here we go wherefore holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest of our profession Christ Jesus. So here, the writer of Hebrews, who we don't know who this person is, amen, is clearly declaring Jesus to be uh, 
not only an apostle, amen, or uh, someone who was sent to earth on a mission to rescue his people from sin or uh, and now we know from a greater standpoint to rescue the world from sin, all those that would receive him as Lord and Savior, but as a high priest. So he's declared here as a high priest. Jesus is a high priest. Amen. Keep that in mind today. Hallelujah. Now, it may bring up the question, what is a high priest? We live in 2020. What do we know about high priest? What, what is, you know, we, we know about pastors and preachers and evangelists and things like that. But what is a high priest? All right. So let's jump, jump into it right now. All right. Let me blow up my screen so I can see a little bit better. Amen. All right. So according to gotquestions.org, all right, the high priest was the supreme religious leader of the Israelites. All right. Now we're referring to the Israelites when they came out of Egypt and were now in the wilderness. That's when this was established. The high priest, the office of the high priest was established during this time when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. All right. The high priest had to offer a sin offering, not only for the sins of the whole congregation, but also for himself. All right. The most important duty of the high priest was to conduct the service on the Day of Atonement, we all heard of the Day of Atonement, amen, hallelujah, only he was allowed to enter the most holy place behind the veil to stand before God. Having made a sacrifice for himself and for the people, he then brought the blood into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled it on the mercy seat, God's throne, all right? He did this to make atonement for himself and the people. For all their sins committed during the year just ended. So he, he did it for the, the year that just ended. He did it at the end of the Hebrew year. Not at the end of our year, but the end of the Hebrew year. Amen. Right now, this weekend, the Jews are celebrating Rosh Hashanah or the start of the new year. All right. On the 28th of this month, amen, they will be celebrating Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, amen. So their full year has ended, and now uh, if we were in the time of the Israelites in the wilderness, a high priest would come on the 28th of September and uh, conduct the uh, atonement service, amen. And I'm going to get more into it in my next slide, amen. So... Our last verse here, amen, our last uh, stanza here. Typically, if the high priest carried out his responsibilities well, all would be well between the Israelites and God. So if the high priest paid for the sins of the Israelites or the whole congregation and himself, and it was accepted by God, then all would be well for the next year between God and the Israelites, amen. So this high priest, amen, Hallelujah. Some, a priest is someone who goes from the people to God. Amen. Hallelujah. A prophet is someone who goes from God to the people. Amen. So this high priest was representing the people. Hallelujah. And paying for their sins by sprinkling the blood of goats and bulls on the top of the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant and also paying for his own sins. All right. Hallelujah. To give you a better understanding, here's a, uh, uh, a picture of of what is happening here so let me read the top of the page here amen hang with me we're talking about jesus our eternal high priest that is our message today hallelujah hang with me as i unravel amen hallelujah our message today amen hallelujah i'm doing it in a systematic way so 
From here, we can see that the high priest was to conduct the service of atoning for his sins and those of all his fellow Israelites on the 10th day of the seventh month. For the Hebrew calendar, that would be the month of Tishri, amen, which is our September, October time frame, amen, of every year, amen. And this is, the, this is what would be the day of atonement. So on the left of your screen, amen, we have uh, a picture of... Uh, of the tabernacle amen it was a tent so this is one interpretation of what it looked like all right glory to god there's some um differing opinions about what the tabernacle actually looked like amen but this is the uh one interpretation of what the tabernacle would look like so um you have the court of the congregation on the bottom you have the altar uh the where the burnt offerings would go in the middle you would have the laver where the priest would have to be cleansed. And you see that at the top of the picture, the high priest being cleansed before he goes in for the day of atonement. Then you have the holy place, which has the table of showbread and the lampstand. You have the, um, the incense altar there. And then you have the veil. The veil is actually, it was a thick um, curtain that separated um, the the holy place from the holy of holies all right inside the holy of holies you had the ark of the covenant all right and if we look at to the the picture on the uh on the right we have a uh interpretation of the ark of the covenant there it had the two um angels on top with their wings spread you see the presence of god represented here in this white color uh, here and you have the priest this is the priestly garment and him sprinkling the blood and you also have the incense here that are kind of the incense purpose was to protect the priest from the direct presence of the God of God because um, he at that time during the Old Testament being in the direct presence of God was dangerous he could die if he came in there unprepared, unprepared as, as, as far as being not cleansed physically. Uh, they used to read scriptures to him all night, the night before he, the day of atonement, before he went in there, that his mind would be clear uh, and free from sin. So here we see him sprinkling the blood of goats and bulls on the mercy seat, or as it was referred to, uh, the throne of God in my writing in my previous slide here. And he's paying for his sins and the sins of of the entire congregation amen we're talking about jesus our eternal high priest obviously this man here amen is a human just like you and i amen hallelujah glory to god so hopefully this has given you a greater understanding of this day of atonement it's atonement means um to, it's a payment for sins you are atoning for sins so he was atoning for his sins and the sins of all the Israelites okay that was the chief role of the high priest man was in a fallen state man was sinful including the Jews amen and in order to approach and have favor from a holy God or just God a God that wants to uh, uh, execute fairness and rightness and righteousness uh, uh, and justice upon the earth amen it, it was required that the sins of the people be paid for on the day of atonement by the high priest where he paid for their sins and him being a human being, 
his sins as well. Hopefully you have an understanding of this now. Amen. And this was done inside the tabernacle. Okay. Which was a tent holiday in the wilderness. And eventually the Israelites went on to build a temple that was made of stone. Amen. All right. So Jesus is greater than the high priest appointed by the law of Moses. We showed you a, 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 a priest in that picture that was appointed by the law of Moses. Let's get into what that means. Amen. So we're going to jump to Hebrews 7 verse 23. We're reading from the New International Readers version again. All right. And it reads, there were many priests in Levi's family. Levi uh, was one of the sons of of Jacob, whose name was turned to Israel. Amen. And out of Levi came all of the priests and the Levites. All right. The priests were descendants of uh, Moses's brother Aaron. And the Levites were a combination of deacons, musicians and other servants uh, within the uh, tabernacle or the temple of God. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there were many priests in Levi's family. The scripture says death kept them from continuing in the office. Although they were priests, they were still human. So they were subject to death. So after uh, one high priest would die, one of his sons would take over as the high priest. And then eventually that son would die and his son would take over as the high priest. And it would be passed down from generation to generation. Amen. Let's go on to the next verse. But Jesus lives forever. So he always holds the office of high priest. Let's stop right there. Jesus being God, being eternal. Amen. Hallelujah. Lives forever. So once he became high priest, hallelujah, there is no one to take over after him. He is forever the high priest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He always holds the office of priest. There's no one to succeed him or succeed him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the priest forever. People now come to God through him. So now we come to God, not through some other human high priest. You don't come to God through me as pastor. Amen. You come to God through Jesus Christ. So you came to God through Jesus Christ and he is able to save them completely and for all time. Amen. Once you were saved, you were always saved. These Hebrews in the book of Hebrews, amen, were still in the decision making process. They were not saved. Amen. But once you've made a decision for Christ and you receive him as Lord and Savior, you are saved all the time or for all eternity. You are saved. It says Jesus lives forever. He prays for them. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you? As high priest, one of his roles is to pray for you and I. We often ask other human people to pray for us and nothing's wrong with that. That's wonderful. And that's what we, we are to do as Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. But that you know that Jesus is praying for you. He intercedes for us. It says in the King James Version of this verse. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is praying for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's praying to Father God for you and for, our, and for you and I. Hallelujah. 
Next slide. Hallelujah. A high priest like that really meets our needs. Jesus is our ultimate high priest and he meets our needs. Amen. He is holy, pure, and without blame. The earthly high priest made attempts to be holy and pure without blame. They would, hallelujah, live a type of lifestyle where they would try, but being human beings like you and I, amen, they would fall short. So when they went to pay for the sins of the congregation and for the congregation, they also had to pay for their own sins, amen, hallelujah. Jesus being holy, pure, and without blame didn't have to pay for his own sins, amen. He purely prayed for our sins, hallelujah, glory to God. He isn't like other people. He does not sin. He is lifted high above the heavens. Hallelujah. Verse 27 of uh, Hebrews 7. He isn't like the other high priests. They need to offer sacrifices day after day. So the high priest had to offer sacrifices day after day and year after year for the day of atonement. Amen. In other words, their sacrifices the blood of goats and bulls that they sprinkled on the mercy seat or just sacrificed outside of the tabernacle hallelujah in a day-to-day -day basis amen were only only had an effectiveness that was temporary amen hallelujah it, they had to continually do it amen to pay for temporarily the sins of the people amen it was not something that was um eternal it was temporary amen let me read on First, they bring offerings for their own sins, as I just mentioned, and then they do it for the sins of the people. But Jesus gave one sacrifice for the sins of the people. He gave it once and for all time. He did this by offering himself. So Jesus, by offering himself, by shedding his blood, hallelujah, the blood of the, the sinless uh, God man, hallelujah. Now his blood was human, amen. He was he was a human being. He was a man, amen. Glory to God. But his his inner man, his spirit was God, hallelujah. And he made this blood sacrifice one time, and because it's so effective, it doesn't he does not need to hang on the cross again, amen. His one sacrifice paid for the totality of every human being sins that ever existed and will exist on the earth somebody say hallelujah glory to god once and for all time this is why there's no more need for a sacrificial system by the jews because jesus paid for all of our sins now listen those that are unsaved that have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior don't yet have that benefit applied to their lives. Jesus paid for their sins, but it's not yet applied to their lives. So they are still in their sins. All right. So I'm not talking about universal salvation for everybody. I'm talking about the opportunity to be saved for everybody. Holiday is there, but we still must be saved through Jesus Christ. We still must receive him as our Lord and Savior who has paid for our sins. Until we do that, we're still in our sins and we're still separated from God and we have still made the decision that we want to be separated from God and the place that is a place of separation from God for all eternity is hell. God doesn't send people to hell. It's more that people choose to go to hell when we don't receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. All right. Question just popped into my head. Amen. I believe it's the Holy Ghost. Well, what if I didn't get a chance to hear about Jesus? God is powerful enough. 
He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And he's, uh, and he's um, omnipresent. That he knows how to reach those on this earth that he knows will want to receive his son, Jesus Christ. This is God we're talking about. He knows how to reach everyone that he knows will make the choice for Christ. Amen? All right. He's God. He's not human. He's God. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Verse 28. The law appoints as high priests men who are weak. The high priests, like the one I showed in the picture, they were human like us. They were weak. I don't know about you, but I have weaknesses. Amen. And it's, it's through Christ that I become strong. I give him my weaknesses. He gives me his strength. Amen. So as high priests, they were weak. They were human. They committed sins. All right. And the law with the Ten Commandments and the other 613 uh, laws rooted in the ten, ten Commandments, those ceremonial laws, those civil laws. Amen. Appointed human men that were flawed, that were weak. As high priests, these human men were from the uh, from Aaron's uh, uh, descendants. Amen. Hallelujah. Aaron being the brother of Moses. They were weak. They were human. They were flawed. The scripture says, but God's promise came after the law. We're going to look at what that promise is. By his promise, the son was appointed. Now, that promise is Psalm 110 and 4. We read that already. Amen. That where God promised that he, that this person he was talking about, we identified him as Jesus would be a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Now, Melchizedek, amen, from many scholars, and I believe as well, I'm not calling myself a scholar, but just someone who believes this way, is that Jesus, that Melchizedek was the pre-incarnate Christ that came to visit Moses after his defeat of the five kings in the book of Genesis. I believe it's Genesis 14. Amen. That Jesus appeared on the earthly scene in a in his pre-incarnate form so before he came in the body of jesus he came and appeared as the priest melchizedek amen hallelujah so this promise that we're talking about in the scripture is that father god would send jesus to be our eternal high priest so the son has become made the son has been made perfect forever hallelujah our high priest is perfect forever Hallelujah. Glory to God. He paid for our sins and it's per and it's done. He said on the cross, it is finished. Our sins were paid for. Amen. Hallelujah. At the cross. Hallelujah. He was punished for sin at the cross and he said it is finished. And then he died. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's move on. So Christ, our high priest, secured salvation for believers forever. This is what the Hebrews were struggling with in the book of Hebrews. And this is what many Christians and many Christian preachers and pastors and leaders struggle with in 2020. Are we saved forever or is our salvation, can our salvation be lost? And this is where doctrine and teachings like this and the book of Hebrews and scriptures that confirm these things are key to our Christian walk. Christ, our high priest, secured salvation for believers forever. Let's look at the scriptures. 
All right, Hebrews 9. We're going to jump to Hebrews 9 here. It says, we're reading the New Living Translation this time. And it reads, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. Good things like us being forgiven of our sins. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven. Do you know that the tabernacle on earth was an imitation of the actual one that is in heaven? It's a tabernacle in heaven. And when Jesus ascended up to Father God, he came and brought his blood to be placed, hallelujah, to pay for the sins of the world. Hallelujah. In heaven, which was not made by human hands, as the writer writes here, and is not part of this created world. So there's, there's a tabernacle in heaven that Jesus, after his ascension to heaven, came and offered his blood as payment for our sins in heaven. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Next slide. With his own blood. Woo, God. Hallelujah. Not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place in heaven once for all time and secured our redemption or the payment for our sins forever. Woo, God. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, you and I make mistakes every day. You and I, although we are Christians, we do sin from time to time. Amen. But know that Jesus went to heaven with his own blood and paid the redemption for our sins forever. You don't have to worry about the things you have done, the things you may be struggling with now, or the things you haven't even committed yet, hallelujah, because he paid it forward. He paid for the totality of your life's sins at the cross and then brought that blood, hallelujah, to heaven, to the holy tabernacle, hallelujah, hallelujah, to complete the transaction of paying for our sins, hallelujah, a high priest, he's our eternal high priest, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, I'm trying to keep it together, y'all, Woo! thank you, Lord, verse 13, under the old system, or the old covenant, or the old sacrificial system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer. Heifer was a red cow. Amen. Hallelujah. And they used to uh, uh, sacrifice this cow and take his ashes. Amen. And put it in, in water. Amen. That's a whole nother uh, message. Hallelujah. But he's saying that the, bull, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. So this, these ashes were poured into water and this water was used to wash the high priest before he went into the uh the holy of holies amen hallelujah for you scholars if i got something wrong with this uh the details of this amen please let me know in the comments amen i have no problem being corrected amen but basically what it's saying is that the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer amen were used to ceremonially clean uh, cleanse the people's bodies, the people in particular being the priest, amen, from ceremonial impurity so that they can carry out 
their role as priests. Amen. Verse 14. Just think how much more the blood of Christ, not of goats, bulls, or that red heifer, will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Christ was the perfect, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. So much so that there is no more need for the sacrifice for our sin. There's no more need for a sacrifice. It was sufficient. His, his, his life being laid down, his blood being poured out was sufficient for all time. But let me deal with this. The blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds. Hallelujah. Now, at the bottom of your page, I have something written here. It says purge conscience. It's, it equals the blood of Christ washes away our feelings of guilt for committing sin. You know, a lot of people don't come to church as Christians because they've committed sin the night before. And no, I'm not co-signing what they did or saying it was right. But Jesus paid for their sins in such an ultimate way. That when you come into an understanding that your sins have been put away. And according to Hebrews 8 and 12, that God remembers your sins no more. Then your consciousness and your guilt for sins you have committed are washed away. And when you come to this place, you are no longer sin mindful or sin conscious in your day to day life. You are Jesus conscious and you no longer walk in guilt. I don't know about you, but there even as a Christian, even as a pastor and a preacher, I have walked in guilt of past sins and I was walking beneath my privilege. My sins have been put away. Your sins have been put away. Jesus, the, the cross was outside of time. It, it, it is the center of this uh, time of this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So that it being outside of time. Hallelujah. It paid for the sins that are past or, or, or were that happened before it. Hallelujah. And the sins that are in the future. Hallelujah. Glory to God that haven't even occurred yet. Amen. And, and thus what I'm saying to you now is that even things we have not committed yet, we don't need to feel guilty about because Jesus has paid for it. And once we are no longer sin conscious, but we are Jesus conscious or we're focused on Jesus and all that he's done for us, forgiving our sins. Amen. Hallelujah. We no longer walk around with the guilt of sins we've committed or things we haven't even done yet. The issue with Christianity, we're too sin conscious. We need to be more Christ conscious. We need to have our mind less on sin and more on Jesus and what he accomplished for us at the cross and him even taking his blood to the holy tabernacle in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God to finish the transaction of our sins being paid for forever. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. We no longer have to walk around guilty. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Brown's against sin. God's against sin. Jesus is against sin. 
I'm not for sin. I'm not for a licentious lifestyle. What I'm for is just doing what the scriptures tell us. Amen. Focusing on Jesus. Right thinking leads to right. Or right believing, excuse me, leads to right thinking and right thinking leads to right behavior and right, you know, and all these things lead to we think we feel and we act how we feel will be healthy as well. Amen. So let's focus on Christ. It's a healthy way of thinking. Amen. And all he accomplished for us at the cross. Hallelujah. So we don't have to walk guilty anymore with us with this mindset of being guilty. Amen. So be free today. Hallelujah. Verse 15, this is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and the people. Jesus is the mediator or the, I don't want to say negotiator. He's the middleman that reconnects Father God and humankind into a new covenant. The new covenant, under the new covenant, amen, hallelujah, it's no longer about do good, get good, do bad, get bad. It's about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, him paying for our sins at the cross. Old covenant was about do good, get good, do bad, get bad. Results. Hallelujah. It's about our behavior. The old covenant is about human behavior, specifically the Jews. The new covenant is about Jesus' behavior and what he accomplished at the cross. Amen. We live under a new covenant, a better promise. Promises that are based on what Jesus did and not based on what we do. Amen. We as Christians make the mistake of mixing new and old together. And Jesus said that uh, mixing the old wine with the new wine. Amen. He was talking about the old wine being the old covenant and the new wine being the new covenant. Mixing them together will burst the wineskins. Amen. They won't be able to contain it. Amen. Hallelujah. We're to drink of that new wine or the New Testament. Amen. So this is why, let me read from the top again. This is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and the people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance. So there's an eternal inheritance. God has promised them. What is the eternal inheritance? For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under the first covenant. Amen. Now, uh, here the writer's making it specific to the Hebrew audience that he's writing to but we can apply this to our lives that Christ died to set us free from the penalty of our sins we as Christians no longer have to pay the eternal or suffer the eternal penalty for our sins yes if I'm on earth and I rob a bank I'm going to jail I have earthly consequences but that will not forfeit hallelujah my right to go to heaven amen i know this is a concept that's hard to grasp amen glory to god but christ is our scapegoat he took the penalty for our sins so if he took the penalty for our sins then we're not going to take it amen we still have an accountability to other human beings on the earth James said faith without works is dead. So that speaks about a human to human accountability. Amen. As a pastor, amen. I have to live a certain way before the congregation and in my lifestyle to earn your respect, to earn credibility with you. So preachers, hallelujah, elders, amen, evangelists, apostles, hallelujah, all the fivefold ministry teachers. We have to live a certain way on earth to gain credibility from other human beings. Otherwise, they won't take us seriously. They'll take us as phonies. Amen. 
and you take your struggles to Jesus and he will help you. Hallelujah. We all have struggles. Take them to Jesus. You can't do it on your own. And stop trying to prove to the people how holy you are and go to Jesus with your weakness and let him strengthen you. Amen. Hallelujah. That he lives his life through you by way of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. However, getting back to this, our penalty, the penalty for sin before the universe and spiritually was paid by Christ at the cross. He took the penalty in his own body for the entire human race's sins. Now, like once again, only those who accept him as Lord and Savior have that applied to their life account. And are written in the book of life in heaven. Amen. I'm not talking about universal salvation. I'm talking about the offer of salvation is universal. But we're not all just saved. We must accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus said to himself, we must be born again or spiritually born from above. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's move on. Our high priest understands our human weakness. See, we, especially as preachers and pastors, we try to prove to the congregation that we're strong. And there's nothing wrong with us. And we got it all together. It's the wrong approach. Amen. Our high priest understands our weaknesses. That's why I said earlier, take your weaknesses to Jesus. Confess your faults before him and ask for his strength. What am I talking about? Let's jump to Hebrews 4 and 14. This is, this is all about the high priest. Amen. This part of Hebrews. We're reading from the New Living Translation. And now, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest, speaking about Jesus, who has entered heaven... Jesus, the son of God, that makes it clear. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. Let's hold firmly to what we believe, that he is God's son, that he died for our sins, that he is our high priest. Next verse. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands what we go through, our temptations, our faults, our flaws, our idiosyncrasies, our bad habits. For he faced all the same testings we do. He was a man. He was the God man, but he lived his his uh, divine spirit lived in flesh and had to deal with the temptations and the testings that we do as humans here in this fallen world. This is not heaven. This is a fallen world. This is not the world that God intended for us to live in. Amen. Man chose to live independent of God and the domino effect throughout the millennium. Amen. Has brought us to where we are right now. Yet he did not sin. So he, he, he faced all the same testings we did, but he did not sin. He did not sin because he did not have a human nature like we did. He had a divine nature. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he, was, he, was, he was birthed of a miraculous conception. Amen. Where the Holy Ghost overshadowed uh, Mary. Amen. And she became impregnated. Amen. Not from human DNA. Hallelujah. But she was overshadowed. Amen. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. Amen. And conceived, amen, hallelujah, and gave birth to the perfect man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Hallelujah. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So this is what I'm talking about, that we should take our weaknesses, confess before our God our weaknesses, our struggles, and ask 
for his strength. He will cast us out. He won't beat us up. Amen. But we will receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it the most. Hallelujah. This is what our high priest has done for us. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. What time is it? Let me hurry up. Amen. In conclusion, what are, what are the benefits of Christ being our eternal high priest as we wind up this message today? Amen. Conclusion. As our high priest, Christ, one, forever holds the office of high priest. No one's going to take over from him. He's not going to die and someone uh, now takes over for him that's imperfect. Uh, the perfect high priest forever holds this office. Next, next point, hallelujah, as our high priest Christ saved believers for all time and their salvation cannot be undone. You, if you have sincerely accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you cannot lose your salvation. Jesus did not come and die that we can be wishy-washy with our salvation and be saved today and unsaved tomorrow and then saved again the next day. Once saved, always saved. Our high priest came, died on the cross, and then presented his, hallelujah, his blood in heaven on our behalf. It cannot be undone. Sin is not strong enough to undo salvation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We give sin too much credit. It cannot undo salvation. And when you are focused on Jesus and him forgiving you of all your sins, past, present, and future, you won't want to sin. Our high priest Christ prays or intercedes for us. Do you know that your high priest, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, prays for you? You are important enough to him that he prays for you. Hallelujah. Later for Pastor Brown praying for you, and I do pray for you, amen, glory to God, but he prays for you. He praying for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited today. Hallelujah. As our high priest, Christ washes away our feelings of guilt for committing sin. When you are focused on him, you're no longer focused on your shortcomings, your weaknesses, your sin, your past conduct. You're focused on him. Hallelujah, that he loved you enough that he came and left his heavenly abode, put on flesh and died for you and then returned to heaven with that blood that he shed. Amen. And presented it in the holy tabernacle in heaven. Woo. See, we're wasting our time when we feel guilty about past stuff. Yes, there may be a human being that you have to make retribution with or you have to come uh make rec reconcile with let's not let's not let's not escape our human responsibilities if you have hurt or defrauded or deceived or done something wrong to another human being it is uh it is your responsibility to make it right as best as you can with that person. It's right with God. But make it right with that person. Ask God for strength to do it. And he will strengthen you to do that. So you could talk about, oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me and all that. But if you if someone's still injured by something you've done. 
ask God for wisdom on how you can make it right with that person. Amen. All right. Whew. All right. Next one. Mediated a new covenant between Father God and man. The new covenant. Jesus was the middle person that arranged this new way that God deals with mankind, in particular believing mankind. He was the, the, the middle person that made it possible. Amen. He brought Father God and man back together, particularly believing mankind, those that believe in his sacrifice at the cross and know they're forgiven of their sins. He brought us together. He mediated this new covenant, this covenant or this binding agreement that's based on his behavior and not our behavior. Jesus is always and had always done the right thing. So we're on sure, solid ground. We can rely upon him. We can't always rely on human beings, but we could certainly rely on Jesus forever. Amen. All right. As our high priest, Christ left believers an eternal inheritance of being set free from the penalty of sin forevermore. We do not have to suffer the penalty in the eyes of God of our sins on earth. We may suffer a earthly penalty because we have an accountability to other human beings. So if I rob a bank, I, I have I'm accountable to other human beings in this society. So I will have to suffer that penalty. But from a spiritual standpoint, from a heavenly standpoint, you do not have to suffer the penalty of your sins. Jesus suffered the penalty for your sins. He was your scapegoat. All right. He took the fall for you and I. Hallelujah. As our Christ, as our high priest, excuse me, Christ understands and has compassion for our human weakness as the God man, as a, he was both human and divine. From his human standpoint, he was tempted and tested like we are. So he understands what we go through. He understands our human frailty, our human weakness. Hallelujah. You want somebody to understand you? Well, somebody does. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Or Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. As our high priest, Christ grants us license or access to come boldly before Father God in our time of need or weakness where we will be received with grace. It's not time when you mess up and you fail. It's not time to run away from God. It's time to run to God and God won't condemn you. Amen. Hallelujah. He will receive you with mercy and grace. He may correct you during that time. He'll, he'll gently correct you because that's what a loving father does. He does not want his children to continue in error. So he may correct us gently, directly, but gently. But he will receive us with mercy and and grace so those of you who are struggling run to god don't run away from him run to him he will receive you as his beloved child amen and last but not least hallelujah as our high priest christ has placed believers in a legal favored position before father god forever as born again believers christians we forever stand in a favored place with father god we could never lose god's favor the high priest the human high priest when they did well when they lived a fairly holy lifestyle for that period of time 
and then were washed and cleansed and came into the tabernacle and went through the most the, the holy place and then came to the holy of holies amen and did not die amen in god's presence amen that was confirmation number one and then we're able to sprinkle the blood of goats on the and the bulls on the mercy seat amen that meant that israel was going to have a great year amen hallelujah glory to god in the same way jesus was the perfect sacrifice amen he being our high priest paid for our sins amen hallelujah and god views us through the actions of our high priest amen hallelujah so it's not so much he views us on our own accord but he views us through the actions of our high priest our intermediary amen hallelujah one who stands in our place our representative amen our high priest amen so as he's in good standing with father god so are we amen hallelujah he represents us we're seated spiritually amen legally in heavenly places with him as we talked about months ago amen glory to god he is our representative our high priest amen hallelujah he represents mankind before father god as our high priest and as he's in a legal favored position with god so are we we can never lose god's favor somebody say hallelujah because of our high priest we put too much emphasis on human behavior it's it's about jesus's behavior in the new covenant this is why doctrine is so important we have injured each other over the years as christians i have injured christians with wrong doctrine but now that i come into a greater understanding that god has led me into and he gets all the praise and the glory for it not me hallelujah he's led me into it amen now i can share it with you you can never lose god's favor we can never be cursed we're always favored somebody say hallelujah glory to god thank you jesus hallelujah i am done hallelujah friends if you are impacted by this message about jesus christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness say these words with me say lord jesus come into my heart please forgive me of all sins transgressions and iniquities i believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins past present and future I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.